Welcome to the Real Estate Guys radio program. I'm your host, Robert Helms. You will spend years building up your assets and your portfolio. And then one of the most important things is how do you protect it and how do you pass it on? We're going to talk today about international asset protection and generational wealth on the Real Estate Guys radio program. If you've been listening to the Real Estate Guys for a while, then you've heard about the legendary Investor Summit. If you're serious about taking your real estate investment to the next level, consider joining us. You'll spend an entire week with like-minded investors, world-class educators, and real-world professionals, and you'll have a blast. It all begins February 26, 2016 in Miami, Florida. Some alumni have already booked more than 60% of the cabins, but there's room for you. Public registration will open on October 29th. Visit realestateguysradio.com and click on the tab that says Summit to learn more. Then set a reminder to come back on the 29th to reserve your spot. We spend two power-packed days on land, learning, and networking, then jump aboard a luxury cruise ship for six more days of classes, roundtable discussions, networking, great dinner conversations, and a ton of fun. Go to realestateguysradio.com and click Summit and make plans to spend a week with the Real Estate Guys and an all-star faculty on the 14th Annual Investor Summit at Sea. Hi, this is Patrick Donahoe of Paradigm Life. Over the last few years, I've had the privilege of sharing the services of Paradigm Life with you loyal Real Estate Guys Radio listeners through our website, www.beerbank.com, and also on the annual Investor Summit at Sea. Subsequently, we have seen a variety of financial situations across the socioeconomic spectrum and how everyone, regardless of their situation, would improve their financial lives by following the system we specialize in. As a result of this experience, we have created an online e-learning system so anyone without obligation can learn about the infinite banking concept. This free e-learning program is found on our website, www.beerbank.com. So check it out today. The website again is www.beerbank.com. Welcome to the Real Estate Guys radio show. I'm your host, Robert Helms. With me, as usual, co-host financial strategist, Russell Gray. Hey, Robert. It has been an exciting uh, quarter. So much is going on. I mean, it's crazy what's going on. We've got some really fun shows in the uh, next couple of weeks. Uh, we had a chance to sit down with an old friend, if you will, uh, international attorney. And uh, we've got him on the show today. And we're very excited about uh, learning and really refining what happens to you as you continue down the path of real estate ownership and your mission changes as you change. Yeah, Stephen Covey says in his book, Seven Habits of Highly Effective People, always begin with the end in mind. And if you think about the ultimate end, right. you know, it's when you're no longer here. And of course, I'm a father and a grandfather, and I think a lot about these things now, a lot more than I did when I was a younger man. And I think about what what's it going to be like for my family when I'm not here anymore. And I've gone through, you know, the iterations of building things up and losing them and then building them back up again and all of the things that you go through. And I've also been exposed to lawsuits and uh, different threats to your asset base. And so this kind of hits home. I remember way back in the day when we were first working together, Robert, you and I did a seminar about estate planning. Right. And it just so happened that my father-in-law had just passed away. And literally, my wife was writing a check for over $200,000 uh, to the IRS to settle the taxes for his estate. And that was money with better planning that could have gone to the family, could have been invested for the kids, for the grandkids, for the great grandkids. And I know he would have wanted that. And it really came because a lack of awareness, 
of what was available. And uh, of course, we all procrastinate in these areas because we don't think about bad things. As entrepreneurs, we always see sunshine and rainbows and it's all going to be great. But the fact is storms come and there are attacks. And the thing is what's going on right now in the country and really around the world is there's a lot of financial pressure. And so you've got people who are looking for pockets of gold that they can raid, whether it's a government or whether it is a litigious plaintiffs, you know, who are looking for an opportunity to get in some rich guy's uh, wallet. And so as a prudent investor, you have to play some defense along with playing offense. And the great news is that you have more tools available to you really than you've ever had before. And it's easier to learn about them because of the technology. I mean, the, you know, we find so many people just through new media. And now, of course, now being part of conventional media with radio, but also being part of the new media crowd, uh, we get to interact with a lot of these people and we travel in these circles. And of course, you know, today we've been able to run across an old friend that we met at a convention some time ago and really anxious to share his wisdom with you in, in regard to asset protection, especially with an international uh, spin on it. So to get everyone on the same page. No matter what your age, no matter how seasoned you are in real estate, this is going to be an important show. When you first start out and you don't have much money and you're trying to buy, say, your first rental property, the thing you're probably most concerned about is not asset protection. You're concerned about taxation. I want to limit my taxation exposure so that I have more money to work with. And so there's this this triangle we talk about that is taxation, asset protection, and privacy. So think of those three as kind of this triangle. And what you first look at in most cases is is not paying as much tax. So real estate is a great vehicle because of all the tax-favored status that real estate investment has in various jurisdictions around the world. Once you start to accumulate assets, and now you have some rental properties and you have some maybe private placements, you've got assets to work with, now you start to think about asset protection. And sometimes it's a trade-off. Sometimes you'll make a decision that will protect your assets at the cost of maybe higher tax. That's not always that way, but it's it could be a trade-off. And then finally, you get to the point where your portfolio is big enough that you really are concerned with privacy, and privacy becomes more important than the other two. Now, as you might imagine, the more you focus on privacy, there's usually asset protection in there because that's part of the privacy thing. But we're at a stage now with our guest today where his clientele are folks that are kind of in that middle area, or they're really thinking ahead, as you mentioned, right? Begin with the end in mind, Stephen Covey would say. So no matter what age you are, I think you're going to learn something today. Well, you know, if, I mean, just bringing it down to just a real simple analogy. If you've ever moved or set up a store or set up your garage, you know, you organized it, you know, right? you, you open it up and you don't just dump all your stuff in there. What you do is you set your shelving up and you figure out, okay, I'm going to put my tools over here and I'm going to put my supplies over there. And you kind of get get it organized before you put anything in it. And really, when you think about asset protection and tax planning strategies, you're really setting up structures that you're going to begin to populate with assets and investments and cash flows. You know, and every time we set up a business, we set up the structure. How's it going to be managed? Who's going to own the equity? Typically not the manager. Uh, we set up the bank accounts and we design the cash flow schematics. When money comes in, where does it go? Uh, you know, when you're interacting, with your checking account in the rest of the world, you're telling people where your money is. So it's usually smart to interact with the world in one account and then store the money in a different account that nobody has access to unless you're under some form of a subpoena. Those are just basic structures that you put in place. If you don't know how to do that, then you know, you're collecting a rent check from your tenant, you're depositing into the account that has all of your money in it, and then you end up in a dispute with the tenant, he knows right where to go to get your money. 
you can call up the banks and you can ask questions about simple things like I'm doing a credit check on this person. Can you give me a range? Is it low five figures, high six figures? Banks will give that information. I got it, I mean, as a tenant many, many years ago, I ended up uh, suing one of my landlords because they had kept my deposit in bad faith. And I called up the county department of consumer affairs and they explained to me what my rights were and I figured it out. I sued him in small claims court. Fortunately, because this is the way I am, right? I kept great records. And so I had taken a photocopy of a check he had written me at one point. I knew where his bank account was. My wife worked at a company where she was accustomed to calling banks doing these types of credit checks. So she called the bank and we kept calling and calling and calling till one day we knew there was enough money, ran down there with the sheriff and pulled the money out because I won the judgment. But winning a judgment and actually getting the money are two different things. Right. From his perspective, I didn't deserve the money. It didn't matter. I had the judgment. There are going to be times, and especially when you're on the landlord side, I thought I was this brilliant plaintiff. I thought I'm like Perry Mason Jr. or whatever. <laughs> I'm like this really brilliant guy. What I really realized is that whoever has the most money, the big guy almost always wins in those in these kangaroo courts, especially in small claims court. And the, and the bad news is if you're listening to this show, you're probably not going to be the little guy. You're probably going to be the big guy. It's probably not going to go your way. It's going to be completely unfair, but it won't matter. They're going to get the judgment, and if they know where to get your money, they're going to take it. So that's just a simple, simple example, but the bigger your wealth gets, and hopefully everybody listening to the show, their goal is to build huge, enormous amounts of wealth, then the sooner you figure out how you're going to structure it, the sooner you know where to put those assets, because if you don't have some of that figured out early, moving them around later can be problematic. I mean, if you've titled a piece of property in your name, and then you move it into a structure and privacy is your objective... The world already knows that you're you're associated with that property. You may yep. have to sell the property in order to achieve your privacy goals. So the more you can figure this out early, even if you don't think something like this is relevant to you today, just understand someday it will be, right? As an investor, you will go through these seasons and your enlightenment will come and you'll be like, oh, all of a sudden this is important. So we share these things with you no matter where you're at in the food chain. And it should be important to everybody listening to this show. Our guest today is an attorney who's licensed in the United States but works internationally. He'll talk about that and give you some great ideas when we come back. You're tuned to the Real Estate Guys radio program. I'm your host, Robert Elms. Live nationwide, you're listening to the Real Estate Guys. Find out more at realestateguysradio.com. If you love real estate and have always wanted to own your own business, listen up. The Real Estate Guys and their panel of experts want to teach you how to go full-time fast in the real estate syndication business. These next few years may go down in history as one of the best times ever to acquire investment real estate. There are deals everywhere if you know where to look and how to assemble the resources. The Secrets of Successful Syndication Seminar will show you how to make big money doing big deals from a team of experts that have syndicated projects totaling more than $1 billion. Don't wait for someone to give you a raise or create a job for you. Attend the secrets of successful syndication and learn how to build a team, raise capital, find deals, and make full-time money in six months or less. Go to realestateguysradio.com and click on events. All the big players use syndication as a way to diversify risk, optimize profits, and earn big money. You can too. Go to realestateguysradio.com and click on events. Are you ready to profit in paradise? Hi, it's Robert Helms. And if you think real estate investing means tenants, toilets, and termites, think again. Located just a short plane ride from the U.S., a virtually untouched paradise awaits. The beautiful country of Belize. 
When you go to Belize with the Real Estate Guys, you'll spend four fabulous days discovering one of the most intriguing real estate markets I've ever seen. With its jungle rainforests, pristine beaches, and 81-degree turquoise water, Belize is one of the most beautiful places on Earth. Plus, it's considered one of the top seven tax havens in the world. Belize property is on the rise, and many experts think the best is yet to come. But don't just take my word for it. Come experience Belize firsthand at our upcoming investor field trip. When you join us, you'll discover the many reasons we love Belize, like tremendously undervalued beachfront land, super low taxes, ease of doing business, and so much more. Get the details at realestateguysradio.com. Just click on events. See paradise for yourself. Click events at realestateguysradio.com, and I'll see you in beautiful Belize. Hello, this is Robert Kiyosaki. I'm the author of Rich Dad, Poor Dad. And if you're serious about learning how to invest in real estate, listen to the real estate guys. They really know what they're talking about. Welcome back to the Real Estate Guys radio program. Heard every weekend on this great radio station all the time at realestateguysradio.com. We are overdue to talk to this gentleman. It's been eight or nine years since we last had him on the show. Let's welcome back to the Real Estate Guys radio program, attorney Joel Nagel. How are you? I'm fine, thanks. Thanks for having me on the show. You know, you haven't aged a bit, I tell you. It's crazy. <laughs> well, my picture hasn't, but I think I have. <laughs> we, uh, we had you on the show talking uh, really the same stuff we're going to talk about today, asset protection, and you've got some really unique spins to it. And just to tee up the listeners a little bit, don't get overwhelmed by what Joel's going to share with you. Before we're done, he's got an awesome report that he'll make available to you, so it'll cover a lot of what we're going to talk about. But I guess let's start at the beginning, right? What most people in real estate talk about is, as, as you talk about, an offense, how to go out and make a lot of money. What you talk about is, is defensive. Let's talk about why asset protection is even necessary. Well, I mean, we all know we live in a very litigious world. We live in a world where you know, there's haves and there's have-nots, and the have-nots are increasingly trying to take assets away from the people that have them, that have worked hard to, you know, or, or maybe they've inherited them, or maybe they won the lottery. However they, you know, achieve their assets, that's really their asset. And, you know, we focus from the standpoint of trying to help people protect what they already have. Uh, we help them try to pass assets generationally to their children, their grandchildren. You know, you don't work all your life uh, just to have all your money go to uh, lawyers and lawsuits and, and the government um, and, in, in terms of, you know, the estate tax, the death tax, which a lot of people People really hate. Well, and you talk specifically about certain risks. Can you speak to the risks that people should be thinking about when they're talking about setting up their whole structure? Well, sure. I mean, you know, everybody's risks profile is different. Some people are concerned about physical risks, you know, where you live, where you work. That's why you probably try, if you start off as a, a, someone who's very poor, you might want to try to move to the other side of the tracks, right? Because you want to get away from, you know, physical risks. There's economic risks. The economic risks, I think, have become more and more serious. 20 years ago, when somebody would contact my firm, you know, they cared about, you know, it would be a, a classic case would be a doctor who cared about being sued. Now, people are, have so many worries, and economic worries is certainly right up there. They're worried about the devaluation of the dollar. They're worried about you know, inflation, deflation, uh, whatever, whatever it is that worries them. And we like to tell people that they should look uh, at their assets from a diversification perspective. Uh, we don't tell them what to invest in. We don't say you should buy this stock or anything like that. We're not investment advisors, but we do look at their portfolio from the perspective of is it all denominated in dollars? Right. And if it is all denominated in dollars, we suggest, hey, you might want to have uh, you know, a little bit of diversification, whether it's in a non-currency asset like gold or real estate or you know, in other currencies like the Swiss franc or you know, other currencies that might perform better over time than the dollar. So economic risks, certainly. Litigation risks, I think I've already mentioned. Taxation risks, if there's ways to 
uh, defer, delay, you know, put off paying taxes today that you can pay tomorrow or next year or in 10 years. That's why people have 401ks and SARSEPs and KEOs and IRAs, insurance products, annuities. So if the tax issue is very important to a client, then, you know, we'll explore those uh, risks more. But it's really client-driven. For some clients, it's a very, very complicated, multi-jurisdictional, you know, solution. For other people, it's it's maybe just managing their their finances a little better and having a little more diversification. And they might not even need a, you know, a, a, a complicated structure. Now, Joel, you're a practicing attorney in the U.S. Uh, we have a lot of U.S. listeners, but we also have listeners in more than 180 countries. And one of the things you do, of course, is look at global strategies. And you mentioned today the fact that there's over 40 countries that you look at in terms of some of the jurisdictional stuff. So you don't want to make it too complicated. But at what point does it make sense for an investor to think about doing something offshore? Yeah, that's a great, great question. I mean, I, I think certain parts of the world, let's say Europe, you know, they grow up with the mindset that you have a lot of little small countries, older Europeans have experienced probably more war than anyone else. You know, you had World War One and World War Two that just um, devastated the continent. And for people of that generation, you know, you don't have to convince them that they should be diversified away from their home country. It's very natural to work in one country, maybe have an extra residency in another, uh, have a bank account in another, store their gold in another. You know, they're very used to doing that. They, they would diversify across country lines the way we wouldn't hesitate to diversify across state lines. Sure. But for Americans and for other um, nationalities, you know, it, it is a hurdle to get over that, that, you know, they say, well, what if, what if this person takes my asset? The, the reality is you can get better returns uh, with less risk by being diversified globally. And a lot of, you know, very sophisticated investment houses, Merrill Lynch and many others have come out with very in-depth studies that show that you can have less risk and better return by being globally diversified. So that's really what we want to impress upon our clients. Well, you uh, mentioned the astounding percentage of Fortune 500 companies that actually have an offshore presence. And when you even say the word offshore, right, people think, oh, it's uh, nefarious and, oh, I'm breaking the law. But what you pointed out was great is that it's not hide and seek, it's show and tell. Yeah, exactly. I mean, you know, we're not, if you want to do something illegal, you don't need to hire an attorney, right? right? Um, And there are plenty of things you could do. The vast majority of our clients are doctors, lawyers, teachers, business people, and they're just looking to protect their assets. And so we do hold their hand and walk through, you know, what the rules, what the regulations, what the law says, what what they have to disclose to the IRS and the Treasury Department. Compliance is, from our perspective, the most important thing. But once you create the right structure and are dedicated to being compliant, then I think you can really start, you know, reaping the benefits of, of being offshore and being globally diversified. And yes, virtually all U.S. Fortune 500 companies do business globally. They maintain massive, you know, you, you read in the paper about Apple and Google having these, you know, multi-billion dollar stashes offshore. Why? Because for them, there's better tax treatment. And it's putting them in a position where if a business opportunity arises, they want to go buy a company in New Zealand or whatever, they have the war chest to do it. And it's, but it's not only Fortune 500 companies that you know, benefit from that. You know, mom-and-pop investors can benefit from that as well. So in that, in that regard, a mom-and-pop investor, someone who is looking to protect their asset, there are some reasons why someone might go, want to go to another jurisdiction because there's different protections offered than what they have from simply, say, a U.S. LLC or corporation. Yeah, exactly. I mean, look, in the States, people are used to jurisdiction shopping, maybe setting up a company in Delaware, right? That's, that's sort of 
you know, or, or maybe in Nevada or something like that. People are used to, to that. But when we talk globally, you can do the same thing. So we're not only looking for favorable places to set up companies. You know, what's the most favorable place to set up a trust if you need a trust or a private interest foundation? Which tax jurisdiction might be more favorable? Which jurisdiction might allow you to do what you want from an estate planning perspective? You want to leave money indefinitely to your heirs for the next thousand years? Well, you can't really do that in the U.S., but there are plenty of jurisdictions outside the U.S. that you can do that. So it's jurisdiction shopping at another level, you know, to try to get some additional benefits that you can't get domestically. And then once you have those structures set up, then you, you've built the the legal platform. And again, we're not investment advisors. We help build the platform for the client. Once they're there and they're diversified into that jurisdiction, you know, I've never had a client call me and say, oh, I couldn't find anything to invest in. You know, the reality is once they get there, you know, they're bombarded with opportunities. And, you know, a lot of opportunities you can't really hear about in the U.S. because these various foreign investments are, you know, they're not, they're, they're not licensed by the United States Securities and Exchange Commission. They didn't jump through all the hoops and hurdles. It doesn't mean that it might not be something interesting to look at. So once clients, you know, create a structure overseas and put some money in it, you know, usually they don't have any problems. And again, it, it doesn't matter what your risk appetite is. You know, if you're very conservative, you want to put your money in gold and hold it in a vault in Switzerland, you know, you can do that. If you want to have real estate, and I'm sure most of your listeners, you know, like real estate, and we do a lot of structures to help people own real estate globally, they can do that. And other people want more, you know, exotic hedge funds or venture capital or whatever it is they want. You know, virtually any kind of investment you can imagine in the United States, there's a corollary internationally. So that's really what we try to help our clients with. Our guest today is attorney Joel Nagel. We're talking about asset protection and generational wealth. More from Joel when we come back. And next, it's Real Estate Trivia on the Real Estate Guys radio program. Real Estate Investment Advice right in your mailbox. Sign up for the free Real Estate Guys newsletter at realestateguysradio.com. When the housing market crashed in 2008, San Antonio led the way in appreciation and cash flow. Would you like to have a strong, reliable investment that performs in both up and down markets? Cash flow is the key to successful investing and we have tons of positive cash flow properties for our ATW investors. Come see why the Milken Institute rated San Antonio the number one economy in the United States and why San Antonio is the only major city in the country to have a AAA bond rating. ATW Investments can teach you strategies for building strong, secure wealth with investments starting at $5,000. ATW's patented, proven, and powerful system will do all the hard work for you. ATW is where the perfect market meets the perfect strategy and produces the perfect results in your portfolio. To get started, go to the resource section of the Real Estate Guys website or email us at contact at atw-investments.com. Are you achieving everything you want in life? What if there was a time-tested way for you to get everything you've dreamed of? The most successful people in life set goals and keep themselves accountable. But how? The good news is that it's not rocket science. You too can learn the skills and unleash the motivation that will create success in your life. And now is the time. Hi, this is Robert Helms, and I'd like to personally invite you to attend Creating Your Future, the 2016 Goals Retreat, taking place January 8th through 10th in beautiful San Diego, California. This unique weekend has been called phenomenal, inspirational, and life-changing by the hundreds of people that have attended. 
Find out more at realestateguysradio.com and click events or call 888-489-7723, extension 18. Get your life back on track physically, spiritually, and financially. Attend the 2016 Goals Retreat on the second weekend of the new year. Click events at realestateguysradio.com and register why there's still early bird pricing. This is no dress rehearsal. Live the life you were meant to. Visit realestateguysradio.com or call 888-489-7723 today. Hi, I'm Mark Victor Hans. You're listening to The Real Estate Guys. If you want to expand your consciousness, expand your wealth, expand your future, and have more delight and excite in your future than in your past, keep listening to The Real Estate Guys. And welcome back to The Real Estate Guys radio program, the number one downloader podcast on real estate investing. Thanks for tuning into the show today and tell a friend about The Real Estate Guys. We're talking asset protection and the bigger picture of what to do with your wealth over the long haul. Great stuff from Joel Nagel. We'll get back to that conversation after we play Real Estate Trivia. Your chance to win a prize by knowing today's trivia question, which, of course, has something to do with real estate. When you hear the question and think you know the answer or just want to guess, send an email to trivia at realestateguysradio.com. That's trivia at realestateguysradio.com. The first person with the right answer is going to win a copy of Second Chance, the latest book from Robert Kiyosaki. That can be yours if you know today's Real Estate Trivia question. Before we get to this week's question, last week on the Real Estate Guys, it was Ask the Guys, and we asked you this, which fast food chain has the most stores worldwide? Well, the answer is Subway, with more than 43,000 restaurants in 108 countries and territories. Second is McDonald's, with more than 34,000 stores. Here's our real estate trivia question for this week. As you're going to learn shortly, Joel has a connection to a lot of different places in the world, one of which is Austria. Here's what I want to know. What is the official language of Austria? Yep, what language do more than 80% of the population of Austria speak? For some of you, that's an obvious question. For some of you, are like, you know, I'm not sure. Either way, you can send your guess or the answer to trivia at realestateguysradio.com. Trivia at realestateguysradio.com. Be sure to include your name and your actual mailing address because we're going to send you a copy of Robert Kiyosaki's latest book, Second Chance, if you're our winner. That's today's real estate trivia question. We're talking with attorney Joel Nagel. Joel, people's investment philosophy and what they invest in changes over time. Sometimes that's because they get more educated. Sometimes it's because of their age. They're going from acquiring assets to wanting to see cash flow from assets. I would think that their entity structure and asset protection would need to change too. It can over time. There, some clients will have certain parts of their of their structures and strategies that I would call throwaway, meaning they're serving a certain purpose. Maybe it's to own one piece of property, and when they liquidate the property, they liquidate the company along with it. Other pieces and parts are really more uh, creating a permanent platform. Most clients care about long-term asset protection. They care about long-term generational wealth transfer. I mean, you, you might, for example, create a trust where at your death, you want the bulk of the money to go to your children. But if you live to a ripe old age and now your children are older as well and are financially well off, you might decide, okay, I, I don't want my children to be the beneficiaries. I want my grandchildren or my great-grandchildren. And so you want to have a structure that's permanent on the one hand, but also has the flexibility to, to respond to your, you know, the changes in your life, whether it's family changes or whether it's 
as you said, just changes in how you perceive the markets and how you want to invest. And you also work with a lot of clients who decide to physically relocate. If I decide that I want to move to another country and take up residency or start a business, now what are the things I need to think about? Sure. I mean, that's a great point. Um, more and more people are seeing opportunities for themselves, not just from an investment standpoint. So normally the first thing they want to look for is the environment and the opportunity for residency. You know, that's usually the first step, whether you want to live in a, a tropical country like Panama or you want to live in Europe or you want to live in Asia. You know, you look to see which countries are open to uh, residency. Sometimes residency will lead to second citizenship. Other countries make it easier for you to, for you to become a resident, but they put roadblocks up to, for you to become a citizen. So it really just depends on what your long-term goals and objectives are. So you become a resident, maybe you need work authorization if you're starting your own uh, business usually you don't need work authorization. So the more assets you have, and if you're coming as a as a true foreign investor, putting money into that country, you're generally going to be welcomed with open arms. And particularly if it's a developing country, you know, again, we we do a lot of work with clients in in Latin America just because you know the doors are really wide open. If if you can support yourself and you're going to bring not only money but your intellectual capital, I think a lot of countries uh, want that just as much as as uh, money. You know, we were talking before about Belize. I think Belize is a great example. It's it's an easy country for most North Americans because it is English-speaking. It's the only English-speaking country in Latin America. And, yeah, they're, they're a developing country, so they want uh, capital investment. But they also want people that have skills. And they have a very advantageous retirement uh, residency. It doesn't lead to citizenship. But if you, let's say, were an investment banker in New York and you can come down and, you know, live – at least in Belize, you can live tax-free. You'll, you'll most likely still have tax uh, obligations back in the States. But it makes it easier for you to come, live, uh, work. If you want to start a business, maybe dabble in the business you were doing um, before you retired. You know, it's very easy to do that. But it's not, you know, Belize isn't unique in that regard. It's just because of the English uh, element, a lot of people like Belize. And, and I'm seeing that when I, when I talk to government ministers and uh, other business people in Belize. They care more about the quality of the person, not just the money. So, okay, you've, you can write a check for a million dollars, but if you don't have any intellectual capital to bring, you know, they're, they're much less interested in you than if you can do both. Of course, if you have no money, they're probably not interested in you either. But, you know, if you have that combination of skill sets and and money, then you're really, they'll roll out the red carpet. Well, I know you work in a lot of jurisdictions and certainly Belize is one. When we first met all those years ago, we were just getting involved in understanding that marketplace and you actually educated uh, us to a, a great degree about what's happening in Belize. And now, just a few weeks ago, it was announced that uh, you're now the official Belizean ambassador to Austria. How did that happen? That's, that's uh, true. Well, you know, I've been working in the area of attracting foreign investors into Belize for over 20 years and put on several conferences a year and generally invite a lot of the, the government. Uh, you know, I, I've never really been political in the sense that, it, you know, there's two political parties and I always have considered myself to, to try to stay out of the, the local politics. Yep. So my goal is to help Belize regardless of which uh, political party's been in power. So, you know, I have friends and have endeared myself to really both sides. And actually, it was about 10 months ago, the foreign minister called me and said, hey, you know, we'd really like you to consider taking this position. It's not only the ambassador to Austria, it's the permanent representative to the United Nations. And the second largest or third largest 
UN office in the world after New York, and it's kind of neck and neck with Geneva is in Vienna. So there, you know, 200 countries of the world. They all have uh, delegations there. There's a, a UN office called UNIDO, which stands for United Nations Industrial Development, and it's an organization that attracts a lot of money from the developed world that wants to help the developing world develop. You know, there's conditions and there's bureaucracy that you have to go through to get the money. But, you know, Belize was really looking for somebody to help them access money that they were sort of entitled to on the one hand, but weren't really getting because they didn't have the the right representation. So if I'm doing my job well, you know, I'll I'll hopefully bring more development money to Belize over the coming years. Well, and you needed something to do because you weren't very busy already. (laughs) So uh, my goodness, that's got to impact your travel schedule. Exactly. Yeah. I'm trying to spend about a week a month over in, in Austria. I spend some time each month in Belize, and of course I have a family in Pittsburgh, and they like to see me from time to time as I well. I would imagine. And then there's conferences like this, so yes, I'm wearing a lot of hats right now. I'm, I'm actually, we're actually looking to potentially relocate um, either this winter or next summer uh, to Vienna for a while. I have three young daughters who are excited about going to school there, and that'll hopefully cut down on the travel a little bit. Very cool. All right. Well, I'll tell you what. Uh, we could talk for hours, but uh, since everyone's time is precious, what Joel's done is put together a great report on 15 global strategies. Tell us about the report. Well, you know, what we've tried to do, it's 15 global strategies to protect your wealth. And uh, we've looked at it from the standpoint of of income and assets. That's that's generally, you know, people come to us, they might be a school teacher that makes $50,000 a year, or they could be a, you know, a mega hundred millionaire or billionaire. And what we tried to do is break down the, the structures and strategies that make sense for each income group. So we have, you know, the, the low end, it starts around 50,000. You know, we have 100,000, 250,000, uh, half a million, million up to, you know, more than $10 million. And it, we try to lay out the, the structures and strategies that you might want to consider that might make sense for you. So that's really what the report is. It's it's a very basic initial sort of 101 guide to, to thinking about um, offshore structures and strategies. And, uh, you know, it's a starting point. It's not the end point. If people read it and they can kind of identify, well, I've got, you know, $3 million in net worth. So I kind of fit, I've kind of fit in here. These are the types of things I should be looking at. And then if they want to you know, if they want a consultation, we'd be happy to, to talk to any of your listeners and, you know, and, and go through, you know, what might make sense for them. Awesome. All right. To get your copy of the report, all I do is send an email to global at realestateguysradio.com. Global. There are 15 global strategies for protecting your assets. Global at realestateguysradio.com. And we'll get that out to you. Joel, a real pleasure to have you back. We'll have to not wait another nine years. Yes. Thanks very much. I really enjoyed it. Thanks for having me. You bet. You're tuned to the Real Estate Guys radio program. More when we come back. I'm your host, Robert Helms. Need help with your real estate investment portfolio? Check out the resources page at realestateguysradio.com. Hey, this is Ken Corsini with Georgia Residential Partners. Hey, do you have money sitting in an IRA right now, trickling along just a few percentage points per year? Or do you have money in the stock market or in a mutual fund and, and feel you're just not getting the returns you could be getting in real estate? Well, have you considered private lending? Private lending is essentially where you act as the bank and you lend money to a borrower. Well, with Georgia Residential Partners, we work with a number of different private lenders that lend money to our business, and we become the borrower and you become the bank. Your investment is always secured with a security deed in first lien position, and the loans are typically short-term, 6 to 12 months at a time. 
If you've got funds that you want to invest right now without the hassles of actually buying and owning real estate, let me encourage you to reach out to me today to talk about plugging into our business as a private lender making double-digit returns. Just email me at ken at gainvesting.com. Again, that's ken at gainvesting.com. Look forward to hearing from you. Memphis is famous for being the home of the king of rock and roll, but it's also the king of cash flow. If you're looking for affordable cash flow properties, it's hard to beat Memphis. Get your portfolio rocking and more cash flowing your way by calling Terry Kerr at Mid-South Home Buyers. Terry's the king of turnkey properties. Contact Terry through the resource section at realestateguysradio.com. And be sure to order Terry's tips for turnkey rental property investing report. It's free. Just send your request to turnkey at realestateguysradio.com. Hi, I'm G. Edward Griffin, author of The Creature from Jekyll Island, a second look at the Federal Reserve. And you're listening to The Real Estate Guys. Welcome back to The Real Estate Guys radio program. Thanks for tuning into this show. Come on out to a live event. Go to our website at realestateguysradio.com and click on events. You'll see all the places we'll be, some of our events that we host, some of our events we just show up at. Either way, come on out. We'd love to uh, meet you. We haven't yet met. Uh, nothing better than getting face-to-face with listeners. Great to hear, after all these years, from Joel Nagel. Oh, absolutely. You know, and it's kind of it's cool. You know, when you, when you meet guys on the circuit, as we are on, and they stay on the circuit. They're not flashing the pans. You know, there's a lot of guys that come and go, right. and they stick their toe in the water, and they're trying to develop a channel or a relationship with the demographic, and then they don't maybe get immediate gratification, and they leave the space, and they go on to different things, or they're maybe not committed to their profession. But Joel's a guy that's been around for a long, long time. Oh, yeah. And he's uh, continues to expand his influence. I mean, the ambassador to Austria from Belize. Wow. Yeah, that's amazing. You know, it made, me, it made me think about this, you know, back in the day. I mean, just think about this when you talk about generational wealth, right? Because it's not just asset protection. It's just not privacy. And it's not just tax. It's also the idea of how do I pass wealth along to my family? Something that I spend a lot of time on, right? In fact, we're going to cover this on the Summit at Sea this year. Yeah, very excited about this. You know, you you have to think that way. If you are going to acquire lots of assets, what happens when I'm done? We saw Joel speak and he went into even more detail about this idea that we're limited in the United States. And obviously, our listeners in a lot of places. But if you're in the U.S., you're limited as to how you can transfer your assets when you die. You're also taxed in a certain way. Well, in other places, there are ways to create different ways that your heirs can receive money and other assets from you. And as soon as you have a lot to, to work with, you got to think about this stuff. You, you do. You really do. And, you know, as I shared at the top of the show, just the small experience my family had with a very simple estate plan that really fed right into the IRS's agenda of extracting the wealth and not getting it to the kids, I took on a different tact. And so being around guys like Joel that are committed to their craft, that are continuing to build these relationships with other countries and, and at high levels, I mean, that's exciting because a lot of these things, you have to have somebody who's kind of representing, hey, these things are important to my constituency, if you will. And it's not, a lot of times they aren't directly politicians, but they're business people like Joel who are out there saying, hey, these are the things that are attracting capital. And so it gets kind of complex, but being connected to a guy like that's important. So coming back to this generational thing, it's not just passing the wealth. Because if you pass someone the wealth, it's like a lottery ticket winner. You know, you see these people win the lottery and they lose it because they don't have the education to go with it. 
I know in my family, we're spending a lot of time really focusing on developing the kids, the people. They're, they're young adults today, but, but developing them in terms of their education and not just in investing, but also in business and enterprise. The ability to create revenue, the ability to generate profits, to be able to create money that can be invested. So it's not just investing money or managing an existing business or managing an existing portfolio, but the ability to go out and create a business and then create a portfolio and then passing on to them the sense of responsibility to train the next generation. You know, because at some point I'm going to, I have my, uh, what is it, Michael Gerber calls it my crap out date, right? right. I'm gonna, my date's going to come and I'm going to be gone. And then it's going to be up to the next generation to train the next generation. And, and a lot of people don't attend to these things. And because they don't, each generation kind of has to start all over again. It's like a reset. And you look at these families that create these wealth dynasties, and some of them get it right. Some of them build these big family dynasties and wealthy families, and they from generation to generation to generation. And a lot of them are highly private, and so you don't hear about them. And then every once in a while, you know, the little trust fund baby sneaks out into the public eye. And uh, we could probably name a few of those. We won't. You know, and, and they're, they're train wrecks because they got the money, but they didn't get the education. They didn't get that sense of duty. So I, I'm excited this year on the Summit at Sea because we're going to spend some time actually talking about that. How do you train the next generation in both investment and enterprise so that when they have a chance to inherit these structures and this wealth that you've put in place, that they don't squander it, but in fact, they grow it even bigger and protect it from the people who are coming after it. That's a different way to think. Most people don't think generationally, right? There are cultures where that is exactly how they think. And you have to just set aside a little time now and then to think big picture. What happens when I'm gone? What do you want your kids to do? Do you want them just to get $3 million? Or would you like them to have a structure where they're paid cash flow from your rental properties, but they can't sell the properties? I mean, there's all kinds of things you can do. And again, if they don't have that basis for understanding the asset, we used to deal with this when we listed properties, when we were active selling real estate, we'd get the call from either a probate attorney or someone who was an heir, an executor to an estate, and they need to list a house. And you could see the, the parents would build up these portfolios of rental property and the kids would be perfectly positioned to step into those shoes. But in many cases, they either didn't have the interest or the education. They were overwhelmed and they just said, you know, let's just sell it all. And who knows what they did with that money? Hopefully something prudent, but chances are probably not. Right. I mean, most people have consumer mentality. They look at money as something to be consumed. They look at cash flow as something to be spent. They don't think about building. They think about consuming. And it's just a mindset. And our marketing machinery and even our economic forces are all designed to stimulate consumption, especially in the United States. You know, you look at these people come from other cultures and they're avid savers. They work, they produce, they consume less they look for things to buy that they understand. Uh, they don't speculate. They're really interested in acquiring real assets. And they're the people that tend to survive the gyrations. You know, you give these boom and bust cycles, and the people that make it through are the people that think that way. And so what a sad thing, you know, to feel like you've really done something when you've left something behind for your family, but you haven't equipped them to really know how to manage it. And to me, I started thinking about that, and I thought, you know what? I mean, I felt like going into 2008, I was kind of a smart guy. You know, I found out quickly that I wasn't as smart as I thought I was, which was one of the best lessons I could ever get, by the way. And I'm very, very happy I got that lesson. But I also realized that things can happen that are outside of your understanding and outside of your control. And even if you build this huge portfolio and hand it over to your children and they don't squander it and they try to run it, 
it can still all get wiped out. And if you haven't taught them how to rebuild, then you haven't really prepared them for the world that they're about to inherit. And the world that they're about to inherit, I think, is a world full of rapid change, lots of problems, which means the flip side is lots of opportunities for people who know how to look at a problem, see the opportunity, uh, and put it together. And if you don't have that skill set, then you just get rolled over by the problems. And the younger generations already, the weaknesses in our economic structure are already impacting kids in their 20s and 30s in terms of their ability to get jobs and their uh, ability to be able to afford to get involved in things like real estate. Homeownership is at you know in almost a 50-year low since 1967. You've got interest rates that are below 4%. It's still people aren't buying. You can't get it much lower. And we still have a lot of the lingering of the foreclosure crisis. So it's not that real estate has gotten priced so high relative to historic norms that it is unaffordable, but they have a real income problem. And because they have an income problem that they don't know how to solve because they need jobs that aren't being created, the best thing you can teach a young person is how to create a business. And, you know, that's why we do Secrets of Successful Syndication. It's like if you love real estate and you want to learn how to start a business, why not combine the two, right? right? I mean, that, and that's a way for a young person to actually start a business and learn how to invest and get positioned to be able to create a portfolio and recurring revenue. But these things all take education. Well, and think about the long-term nature of this. You know, the fact that Joel's been appointed the Belizean ambassador to Austria. Well, you think these are, you know, Belize is an emerging country. Austria is an established country. But uh, we were talking before the show about Ben Franklin. Yeah, this is a great point because sometimes when you think generationally, you have to go back in history. We just saw Simon Black, love Simon Black. He opens up every podcast talking about, today I want to go back in time. And he starts telling you a history story. That stimulated me because he's a young guy. I mean, relative to me, I'm old enough to be his father. And I learned from him because he's a brilliant young man and he studies history. And that's a lot of where his brilliance comes from. He has a perspective that's much broader than his own lifespan because he studies history. And so I thought about that when I heard Joel say that. And I thought, you know, gosh, you know, knowing that Joel has been appointed the ambassador to Austria from Belize and Belize being an emerging country. Now, it's not an emerging country like the BRICS. It's not Brazil, Russia. Russia, India, China, or South Africa. It's not like that. And it probably never will be. It's just a little country. But the opportunity we saw when we first went to Belize was, wow, imagine if we could have bought in Hawaii 50 years ago or 100 years ago, right? When you begin to think that way. So Ben Franklin was the ambassador to France at a time when England and France were the two superpowers in the world. They were the United States and the China. They were the big superpowers of the world. And he is the ambassador from this little fledgling country called the United States of America, and he goes to France. Well, imagine if you were a person in England or France at that time who could see this country and the opportunity because you've seen the, you've seen the future. When we go into countries from the United States or even when we used to go into highly appreciated markets in California and we would go into fast-growing markets in Florida or Arizona or Nevada, you could see the future. You knew that this little house that was selling for 100000 could easily sell for two fifty. The people who were living there couldn't see it. But you could see it. Yep. And so imagine if you had gone into America at the time and said, hey, you know what I'm going to do? I've got some wealth here in England. I'm just going to take some and I'm just going to buy, you know, 100 acres in America because I can. I'm just going to park my wealth over there and then I'm going to set it up in a structure so that 
a hundred years from now it'll benefit my family. Imagine if you'd done that. Imagine if your great grandfather had done or, that. Or yeah, exactly, or whatever, right? So that's that's the point. And so these the idea of going global, the idea of using these multi-generational structures, the idea of training up the next generation to understand, to see the much bigger picture and to be able to react and respond uh, to opportunity when it presents itself is all part and parcel of being more than just a guy that's running around collecting rent checks and hustling up deals. I mean, that's important because you have to do that at the foundational level. But once you kind of got that going, you know, then what? And this show has kind of been really about then what? And the then what, you know, as we said at the top of the show with Stephen Covey, it starts beginning with the end in mind and design it with the end in mind and think about how you want to raise your children, how you want to build your portfolio, what you want to do for the great, great, great grandchildren that aren't even on your radar yet. Right. I, I think that way today, and it's a very different way of thinking than when I thought when I was, you know, in my 20s. To get a copy of Joel's report, just send an email to global at realestateguysradio.com. Hey, we are super excited about the 2016 Investor Summit at Sea, our 14th year of this amazing event. And if you've done something a little different this year, if you've been to the website recently, you probably noticed you can't register. And that's because we only took registrations from alumni and we're about 60% sold out. But there's great opportunity coming up. On the 29th of October, we'll be launching our registration for everybody who wants to come to the summit and you're going to want to come to this thing. Yeah, you know, we, we've been doing this thing for 14 years, right? So we've watched kids, mine included, grow up on this thing. We're watching your kids grow up on this thing. And yeah. someday they're going to cross over from being the little kids running around to, you know, being in the sessions and being investors themselves and asking questions. We also recognize at some point, you know, we're, we're getting kind of long in the tooth. I mean, I know we're young at heart. I'm guessing we'll be doing this 20 years from now. But it's really important in our own enlightened self-interest to get the next generation involved. So one of the topics we're going to be doing at this year's summit, which I'm super excited about, we mentioned earlier, is this generational wealth through education, enterprise, and investment. What a great opportunity for you if you're out there listening and you're maybe thinking about coming on the summit. Don't just come on it for yourself, but bring your spouse, bring your adult children, or even your teenage children, and encourage them to get exposed to this world of investing and internationally, because you've got people from all over the world who are here, and we're going to talk about these things. We have a ton of fun, so it's not some boring conference. I mean, it's a ton of fun. They will consider it the greatest vacation they ever had, but oh, it's yeah. a practical expenditure because it's an investment in your children's education. It gives them context. It gives them perspective. It also gives them hope because they're going to meet other people their age. They're going to see people who are in their 20s and 30s, maybe just a little bit ahead of them who are already beginning to build. And then you're going to have your peers, if you're an older person out there with these kids these age, uh, the opportunity to compare notes. You know, I'm really excited about sharing the experiences I've had with my kids and the things I've done right. And of course, the many, many things I've done wrong and learned from that. And I've learned a lot over the years, just growing up with a lot of my friends on the summit over the last 14 years. So come be a part of it. It's a fabulous time. Yeah. So just to watch the website at realestateguysradio.com. October 29th is the big launch. So you you can go to the website now and kind of learn about the summit, get an idea of who some of the speakers are. A couple of really big speaker announcements will happen when we launch. So we're not going to say anything now, but you're going to want to come to hang out with some absolutely amazing people. Several faculty members are coming back for their multiple year, right? But yeah. we've got some new faculty members as well, like we do every year. That's going to be super exciting. Go to realestateguysradio.com. You see the button that says summit. You can learn all about it. And then on the 29th of October, 
you can sign up. Speaking of October, next week on The Real Estate Guys, we do something we do almost every year. It's a great way to learn a bunch of lessons by things that went horribly wrong. Halloween Horror Stories next week on The Real Estate Guys radio program. Big thanks to Joel Nagel for sharing his time today. Until next week, go out and make some equity happen. This episode of The Real Estate Guys radio show is brought to you by Paradigm Life. Powerful cash management strategies using life insurance. Learn more at beyourbank.com. Mid-South Home Buyers, low-cost, turnkey cash flow properties in Memphis, Tennessee. Corporate Direct, asset protection strategies for real estate investors from attorney and rich dad advisor Garrett Sutton. Find these and other great companies under the Resources tab at realestateguysradio.com. To learn how you can expose your product or service to the Real Estate Guys audience, call 888-489-7723, extension 4. That's 888-489-7723, extension 4. Or use the feedback page at realestateguysradio.com. Thanks for listening, and we'll see you next week right here on the Real Estate Guys radio show.